almost anything you come across, there's going to be a lesson in there. If you do that as an exercise, it's really interesting what can happen. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me today, my good friend and yours, someone we haven't heard from recently, but we're going to fix that now. Jody Mayberry, welcome back. Oh, Jared, it's a delight. I'm glad the ban has been lifted. <laughs> there was never a ban. And Jody, you've been just doing a lot of podcasts lately, so it's only fitting that you'd come back and revisit Star of the Doubts. Thank you for that. Well, this is where it all began, Jared. I know I've told that story on Star of the Doubts before, but it it's always a delight to be back. So for those that aren't familiar with what all you've been up to, let's just chat about that for a minute. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? That's a great question. <laughs> it is. Oh, Jared, I'm in, you know, I think since the last time I was on the show, I could be wrong, but I started the Jody Mayberry show. You have the Jody Mayberry show, which I am listening or attempting to listen to every episode. I'm a fan. Yeah. Why, why did you start the Jody Mayberry show? Because th those other uh, listeners are going to remember you were doing Creating Disney Magic, which you're still doing. Park Leaders, which you're still doing, and now the Jody Mayberry show, but that's not the only show you're doing. You've you got some others as well. That's right. I've got a lot of shows going on, and all of those shows I'm doing with or for other people, helping them get their message out, get their voice heard. And I got far enough along, and I thought, you know, I am helping all these other people do this, but if you don't count Park Leaders, but that's a very specific topic, I thought I need a show where it's my message, it's my voice, and I guess that's why I cleverly titled it The Jody Mayberry Show, because it was the topics I wanted to talk about. So there we go. That that's, uh, I help other people get their message out, and then I just decided it's, it's time to get my own out there. And Jody, you've been traveling like a, a popular person, so let's talk about some of your recent travels. Well, my most recent one, you could argue, was the best. Chicago for podcast movement. And while I didn't get adequate, even close to adequate Jody Mayberry time during that, uh, I know you got a chance to visit with some other friends. And how was that? Oh, it was great. That is the best part about podcast movement. I, I attended less sessions this year. I do enjoy the sessions because they're so good. But I also have realized that at podcast movement, one of the most valuable pieces is what happens in the hallway. And revisiting with people I haven't seen in a while and visiting with new friends. And I did a lot more of that this year. So the sessions I did attend were great. But my favorite part, I know you hear this a lot, Jared. My favorite part is working the hallways. Yeah, and you are a master at that. I got to say, from knowing you a few years ago when you, were, you came across to me as a little more shy, maybe slightly timid, I didn't see that this year. I saw a confident Jody Mayberry walking head and shoulders above everyone else, primarily because you're, you're taller than most people think you are. And um, yeah, you, you, were in, you were in your element. Well, that's an offshoot topic, Jared, but I actually get that a lot. When people meet me, they say, you're taller than I thought you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your, in your uh, photo that's commonly used online, you've got your hands crossed and stuff or your arms crossed. And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some people could think, well, maybe this guy's a little bit short, but when they meet you in real life, they're looking up to you. And that's how it should be. <laughs> well, and, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm not incredibly tall. I'm only six feet tall, but apparently people expect somebody shorter. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't know what to expect from some of the stuff that's coming up because we've been doing this headline idea 
And so, uh, Jody, if you're willing, let's let's just go there. Uh, I'll read a headline and we'll talk about maybe how that story could apply to starving the doubts. And I can lead off and then you can uh, do a follow up if you like. The first headline that really captures my attention is about the TV show that was on Netflix called Making a Murderer. Did you ever see that, Jody? I did see that. Yeah, I saw that, too. What do you think about it? I have two thoughts about it. One, it was the way they told it was a very good story. They did a good job making that into a story. The other thing I think is that they, although I haven't looked it up in detail, just like anybody that's going to tell a good story, you will put in the parts that work for the story you want to tell, and you will leave parts out that don't benefit the story you want to tell. And I do believe there probably was a bit of that going on. But considering that, they did a great job telling a story. Well, one of the people you may remember from Making a Murderer was a young man at the time, especially, was Brendan Dassey. And Brendan is the nephew of Stephen Avery, who's the main topic in that show. And so the the new story is Making a Murderer, Brendan Dassey's conviction has been overturned. And uh, basically, uh, without giving away the story for Making a Murderer, is this uh, young nephew of Stephen Avery was also convicted in this um, murder trial. And there was a lot of evidence that could have or should have probably led to him not being convicted, but he got convicted anyway. So now it's saying that his conviction has been overturned. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I had not heard that until right now, Jared. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll text you the link here. But what, what is interesting to me, and, and maybe how this could apply to Starve the Doubts, this might be a, a little bit of a stretch, is maybe if you'd be willing to share a story, Jody, where you did something wrong or, or something didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, and, and you had to go back and, and reconcile that, what's a story that might relate to business and Starving the Doubts where, where maybe you had to go and make something wrong right? Well, this is, this is a very small story, Jared, but it had a big impact for me. And, and when I tell you what this is, you're going to say, come on, we're talking about a murder, murder trial and this is the example you give? <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this is it can go almost in any direction as long as it's applicable. So. Well, the, the first time Lee Cockrell and I ever recorded together, it was for the Park Leader Show. And I was so thrilled to have him. We didn't know each other. We didn't really have a connection. He, I reached out to him. He agreed to be on the show. One of us got the time wrong because of translation and and this is the Lee Cockrell's the guy that wrote the book on time management, literally time management magic. <laughs> so it's pretty safe to assume I'm the one that got the time wrong. So he calls me and said, Hey, aren't we supposed to record? Cause I had given him my phone number and I could have uh, easily just said, sorry, this isn't when I had it on my calendar, but I said, Oh my goodness, Lee, somehow I put this in wrong. But give me five minutes and I will have everything set up and ready to record. And that is a small thing. But what it did is me taking the attitude rather than, hey, sorry, it's not going to work. This isn't what I had on my calendar or I'm not ready. I just said, give me five minutes and I'll make this right. And again, doesn't compare to a wrongfully convicted of murder, but it's a, a spot where I messed up. And knew I had to make this right as quickly as possible. And you could say that turned out very well for me. Well, I think it has. I mean, (laughs) creating Disney Magic has certainly opened a lot of doors for you and it's made you 
a lot smarter. So yeah, I, I'm thankful that that didn't close the door and, and you guys were able to get beyond that. Yeah. So Jared, so. I'm, I'm not going to let you just walk away. Let's, let's turn <laughs> it, walk away. Let's turn it around. Give me an example. Well, before I do that, and I'm willing to do that, Jody, you recently on the Jody Mayberry show talked about the art of an apology. And, and can you just summarize that real quick? Because I think that is uh, relevant to what we're talking about now is, is there's going to be scenarios where you need to make something right and that might require an apology. So what's the right way to do that? Have you read the book, The Freaks Will Inherit the Earth by Chris Brogan? Yes, I yeah, have. Fabulous book. And it's about business. But there were some pages dedicated to apology in that book. And at first I thought, that's curious. What, what does that have to do in a business book? But when you read it, you understand why apologizing matters. But when it, when it comes to giving an apology, Chris Brogan gives three steps to do it. And this is off the top of my head. I'm not looking this up. So hopefully I get it right because he speaks about it so well. But he says, acknowledge what happened, apologize, just say, I'm sorry. No buts, no excuses. No, Jared, I did it because you're a jerk. And third <laughs> is you act. So you do what you need to do to make it right. So let's use my little example for Lee. I acknowledge that, oh my goodness, I put this in my calendar wrong. I apologize. Lee, I'm sorry I did that. And then I act right away. Give me five minutes. I will be set up and we will record. So that's what it is. There's, there's just three simple steps. And another part that is from that episode that Chris Brogan talked about was if you are not messing up where you have to apologize, you're probably not trying hard enough. And that's not something I had really considered about apologies until he mentioned that, that gosh, no one really likes to mess up. But if you're not messing up, you're just not trying and you are going to mess up. And when you do, you need to apologize and you need to apologize the proper way by acknowledging, apologizing, and then acting. Wow. Well said. All right. So Jody, one of the examples that comes to mind is I, uh, when I was first dating my wife, my brother-in-law, who, who's a really awesome guy, by the way, he and I didn't quite hit it off initially. And I, I remember trying my best to play nice and, you know, but I'm, the guy dating his sister. And, and I remember there was many occasions where he was, he was rude to me and uh, excluded me and stuff. And at the time, you know, I, I just kind of blew it off for the sake of my wife. And what I found though, is over time that that stuff really started to, to bury down deep inside of me. I allowed that to happen. I became bitter over time and I got to a point where I didn't even want to be around him. And I remember his name would come up and just the mention of his name would just make me like, kind of cringe inside. And I hope, I know that sounds awful, but that's kind of where I got to or where I allowed this to take, you know, this, this situation to go. And ultimately it came down to a, a particular thing that happened where I did something out of that frustration that really, really rocked the boat, uh, Joey, that really upset him. And we got into a, a little altercation and that altercation, while it was unpleasant, it ultimately led to both of us realizing, hey, you know, we've both made some mistakes here. Let's talk it out, in which we were able to do. And now that that has happened, I can have a good relationship with my brother-in-law. And I got to say, um, you know, I'd love to pretend that I'm the one that, you know, did the right thing here. But it, it, it took two. It took both of us to, to step up and it took, you know, some leadership on his part and, you know, some humility on his side as well. And uh, he was gracious enough to do that. And so I think 
one of the things I learned there is, man, that there was just so much time that was wasted where I was just allowing myself to get upset at something that, you know, I should have just been able to talk to him and, and work that out much sooner and pride got in the way. And so that that's, I guess, a hopeful thing is, is don't let, allow, allow your pride to prevent, prevent you from saying you're sorry or from reconciling something. It's better to just get that get that out of the way and work that out. And sometimes you'll do the right thing and other people won't, Jody, and you can't necessarily be upset or worry about that. I know that's easier said than done, but some people may not do the right thing, but at least if you've done the right thing, you can uh, you can move forward and knowing that you uh, made a good effort to try to reconcile something. I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Well, I I think there comes a time when, when there's a situation like that, you do just have to apologize, do what you can. And if, if the other person isn't willing, you've done what you can and it's now on them. So your case, it worked out, right? You apologize and, and it mends, but it doesn't always, it doesn't always, sometimes you will do the, the right thing and get the wrong result or a bad result. And you just, it's not fair, but my granny always told me life's not fair. And it, if you get what you really deserve, you won't be happy about it. <laughs> I grew up in Alabama, Jody. We've talked about this. And, and that was something I'd hear is when you brought up the comment, that's, this isn't fair. Some people would respond and say, well, the, you know, the fair is in October. <laughs> you know? And that was true because that's when the, you know, the South Alabama State Fair came to town. It, it's still the same point. Is, <laughs> yeah, there, is, there is no fair. <laughs> I will have to use that line on my daughter. <laughs> well, I look forward to uh, hearing about her response when you use that. My guess is her eyes will roll. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, rather than her realizing that you're right and but, what a good day. But maybe I have to be careful <laughs> because the Jefferson County Fair is this month. Oh, well, I think you should, by all means, I think you should go. <laughs> well, that would be fair, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. All right, Jody. So do you have a, an article or, or some kind of headline that captures your attention that might apply to life and business and starving the doubts? All right, Jared, this is going to be a stretch. But what I did, I just pulled up Twitter and I pulled a trend off Twitter. And guess what? It's World Elephant Day. <laughs> right, Jared, your first thought is what in the world? This guy's ruining my show now. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It won't be. The, it won't let, be let, me, let me apologize to you. I've wronged you. Okay. Yes. A- acknowledge, apologize and act, Jared. <laughs> yes. So I spoke this year at the World Ranger Congress. It was park rangers from all over the world came to Estes Park, Colorado. I think there were 62 countries, park rangers from 62 countries. And I was a ranger here in the United States for eight years, and I thought we dealt with issues, Jared. But then I talked to rangers from Zimbabwe and Gabon and the Congo, and we don't deal with issues. They deal with issues. They Elephant poachers will kill park rangers just because they're park rangers. If they see, they will set up ambushes and shoot rangers. If they see a ranger, they just open fire. And it really showed me, my goodness, some of these problems I think I really have, they're not problems. These guys every day go to work knowing somebody might try to kill them. My goodness. Yeah, I can't imagine. That's tough. So this is how I tie that in, Jared, is the doubts that you're, you are having, they're real. For sure they're real. But they're certainly bigger doubts. If a park ranger in Zimbabwe can put on his uniform and go to work every day knowing 
there could be someone, a poacher lurking in the bushes, then how bad can you really have it? And, and I don't want, I don't want to, <laughs> down, yeah. I don't want to downplay troubles because I know they're real. But an example is uh, one time I was, I was talking to our good friend, Jeff Brown, the best, best voice in podcasting about yes. public speaking. And we were talking about whether you get nervous going on stage and, and uh, I told him, you know, I don't anymore. And I think it's because my time as a park ranger and some of the things I've seen and done, I just think, you know, this isn't that big of a deal because I'm not going to have to wrestle any of the people in the audience to the ground. Well, I, I'm assuming that's not going to happen. Maybe it will. Nobody in this audience uh, wants to get away from me. Uh, maybe again, maybe they will, but they can just walk out the back door. There's, there's uh, nothing that's going to hurt me when it comes to giving a, a public speech where I've had a job where that could happen. And I've had a job where bad things have happened and I've given eulogies at funerals. And when you put it into perspective, speaking in front of a crowd of 10 or 300 doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Now, the first time I get to speak to a crowd of a thousand, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll think differently. I don't think so, Jody. I think you were born to speak in front of a thousand. So, well, we'll see. We'll see, Jared. Now, when when I say World Elephant Day, that is a bit of a stretch. But so let's see. Can you come up with an example to tie World Elephant Day to starving the doubts? There's two things that pop in my head. The first one is uh, I think of the elephant in the room. What's the thing that you're ignoring that is really an issue? <laughs> you know. And there's been times where I've done this, where I've ignored things that were an issue, maybe because I was lazy, maybe because I, I just wasn't prepared to deal with it, or I felt ill-prepared to deal with it. Maybe my confidence was low. You know, there's been a number of things like that that have come up along the way where there's an elephant in the room and you know, I'm going to ignore it rather than just address it. And I think the best thing you can do is just try to address it and be responsible and, and try to deal with it. And um, yeah, that, that could go in a number of directions, but Another thing that I thought of, which is really a stretch, but I, I like it, is the Disney movie Inside Out. Did you watch that, Jody? Yes. Okay, so there's a, a fictional character. I guess they're all fictional, but there's a character, this uh, a play character named Bing Bong. And I don't know if Bing Bong is actually a full elephant, but he has a, an elephant uh, snout. But anyway, Bing Bong, uh, there's a scene that, that was just uh, really interesting where, where Bing Bong uh, has to choose to sacrifice himself in order to save joy in order to allow joy to get out of a scenario. And I don't want to give away the movie, but um, I think that applies to starving the doubts is there are times when you have to do something you don't want to do. You have to sacrifice. You have to make a choice that's not necessarily going to benefit you to do what's best for your business or do what's best for your family. And uh, those those times can be tough, man. I've had to deal with a few of those. And, and I guess that's a question I'll flip back to you, Jody, is if you'd be willing to share a story where you've had to make a sacrifice but ultimately, it was, it was for the greater good, and now you can look back and see how that played out, and that was the right thing to do, even though it was tough in the time. Oh, leaving the park ranger career, Jared, that was a big one. That was a, a sacrifice. That was my dream job, and I certainly wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't. And also, through the park leader show and the speaking I do at park conferences, I would bet I have a bigger impact on parks now than I did as a park ranger. And if I had held on to being a park ranger, it never would have happened. 
And maybe that's a selfish example because Bing Bong did it for someone else. And well, I could, I did it for my family, but it also benefited in, in other ways. No, I think that's actually a really good example. But you would agree, uh, probably in the moment you, you realize, hey, this is a, you know, this is giving up something that uh, you've enjoyed. And thankfully now we can look back and be like, well, that was definitely the right decision. So, yes. Yeah. There's been times when I've had to sacrifice. I remember, uh, you know, not wanting to do something, but then realizing, hey, I need to do this for, you know, this is what's right for my family. And in doing so, uh, you know, I had to persevere through that. And later on, it ended up being the right move. One example is I wanted to quit a job. Uh, and I was real happy with that job. And, and my wife uh, basically said, hey, either quit or figure it out. And in that moment, uh, through a lot of prayer and just uh, wanting to do the right thing, I realized, hey, I need to, to buckle down. I need to be a good steward of this opportunity instead of complaining. And uh, for the next couple of years, I really applied myself and, and checked my attitude and uh, sacrificed in the sense that initially that wasn't what I wanted to do. But later on, that put me in a really good position and raised me up in that organization and ultimately prepared me for some, some other things that I got into. I didn't uh, long-term stay with that organization, but just that, that shift in my mind of, hey, I need to, to change the way I'm reacting here and I need to be a better steward of this opportunity, really changed the game and put me in a position to rise up and, and do well in that organization while I was there. But that required a shift, uh, required a major change in my attitude and a desire to do what was best, even though it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to just run away and, and move on to something different, but I'm glad I didn't do that. So uh, those are one example. I'm sure we could come up with others. Um, I want to do another headline if you're open to it. Jim. Yeah. Before we go there, Jared, though, I was just thinking today's World Elephant Day, it seems they have days for everything, donuts, waffles, teddy bears. Maybe we can petition to get a world elephant in the room day. <laughs> it could it could follow elephant day. <laughs> or it could be the day before. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Is, is there an elephant in the room for you right now, Jody? Oh, gosh, I don't. I, th- you know, there really is nothing that comes to mind. Well, okay. Now, I, halfway through that sentence, I've been working on a, a course with Lee Cockerell that my goodness, I need to get that thing done. And every other thing I work on, it's like that course is sitting on my lap saying, hey, don't forget me. You've got to work around me to get anything else done. So I've got a, a deadline and just trying to get it done in time. So I guess that's my elephant in the room. Not that it's a bad thing. It's uh, the elephant just in the sense that I've got to reach around it to do anything else I'm doing. And no matter what else I work on, it's it's sitting right there saying, hey, don't forget about me. I, I would say I've probably got a number of elephants in the room, but one that sticks out is uh, health and fitness. You encouraged me a while back to get on the Lose It app and to do the the Fitbit app. And I was doing that and I, I was having some good success with that. And then a couple of days went by where I, I didn't quite meet the goal. And then I fell into this bad habit of just not paying attention to it, not being active with it. And then that went on to two weeks and that went on to a month and that went on to two months. And so now I'm in a position where I've gone several weeks where I haven't been doing the uh, Fitbit app and the Lose It app. When I was doing it, I was seeing results. I was feeling better. And so the, yeah, the elephant in the room is I need to get back on those two things because they work. I just, uh, you know, fell off the wagon and then allowed that to discourage me and, and then just quit in a sense. And I don't want to be a quitter. I want to get back on it. So uh, Jody, this is an open invitation for you and the listeners to kind of hold me accountable with that. So if you want to be my friend on Fitbit to check up on me, that's cool. If not, uh, 
no, just know that that's something that I'm, I'm wanting to do better in. Well, that I think that's great, Jared. And, and not to, uh, bounce it back at you, but this week I passed 150 consecutive days of 10,000 or more steps. That is outstanding. So Jody, I know there's got to be days where you're like, oh man, I'm not going to make it. How do you push yourself on those days? I think there just comes a point where there's no choice. It's just, uh, I wouldn't even call it a habit. I would by now call it a rule. It happens. It, uh, there's no alternative. And there are days I don't want to do it. There's been bad weather days where I've gone to the grocery store. I, mean, I don't I don't live in a community big enough where I could go to Costco and get 10,000 steps by walking two laps. But uh, <laughs> I will go to the grocery store. I've even resorted to getting several thousand steps in my house because I don't have an alternative. Maybe it's too late, too dark, I, too rainy. So that's it. I just, uh, I go for it. I, there just comes a point, Jared, where you can't go back. Well, are you pacing the hallway? Or are you jogging in place? What are you doing? Well, I, I have a, a spot in the house that's a circle. It's not many steps, but at least you don't have to go <laughs> back and forth. So I will yeah, walk a true. circle around that. But hey, here's the good thing. I don't do this often at all, but if you have to get your steps in the house, you can watch Netflix while you do it. <laughs> well said. Well, typically, if I'm not talking on the phone with you when I'm doing steps, I'm, I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's usually what I do when I'm out walking is audiobook or podcast. You recommended an audiobook to me recently that I listened to and just really enjoyed is The Willie Nelson Story. And uh, so for people that are looking for a different audiobook to try, I definitely encourage them to check that one out because I really enjoyed it. It's uh, well, this is this is a long story or something. I think that was the name of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's written by Willie himself, so it's a great inside look. A a anybody that knows anything about Willie knows that he loves marijuana, so that shows oh. up constantly and consistently throughout the book. But it's a great look at Willie. There's, I think, there's a lot of surprises in his life you wouldn't expect. Totally, and I I love the story, especially the early stories of when he was struggling when he was running out of gas on the side of the highway or when he couldn't afford diapers or when he was, you know, going from dead end job to dead end job, you know, selling Kirby vacuums to <laughs> whatever. I mean, he, he went through some really, really rough stories. Success didn't come for him overnight. That's for sure. And uh, I found that in a strange way, comforting to hear how he persevered and, and still moved on beyond besides that. Yeah, that's right. There's even one, if I remember it right, he, he wanted to strike out and try to make money in music. And he was pretty ashamed that to his wife that he hadn't, he was, they were so broke. I th and he just like slipped out in the middle of the night. Yeah. He was embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. Just nothing but his guitar case and slept in a ditch. How many of us have yep. actually had to sleep in a ditch? <laughs> Willie Nelson. Yeah. He slept in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got some great stories. That That is a really good book. This is the last headline. We'll start. We'll close with this. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I thought it was fascinating. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Star Wars films. And so this headline is Rogue One, which is the Star, Star Wars story uh, that's coming out uh, later this year. Rogue One trailer brings back Darth Vader for new Star Wars film. So that's a teaser. We know that there's going to be some kind of cameo appearance of Darth Vader in Rogue One. And uh, so I guess how this could apply to the Star of the Doubts, Jody, is is uh, maybe something like a lesson learned or something from your past that has come back to uh, whether help you or uh, help you set up a guardrail to prevent you from doing something. What's something in your past that 
it's kind of better prepared you for where you are now. Well, let me say this first year that when, when you say Darth Vader's coming back, it just makes me think that we all kind of have those either a dark time, a dark person, a bad habit, just something that will find a way to come back, just like Darth Vader. And you mentioned fitness, right? That's something that even though you you start using the apps, but the dark side pulls you back. Gosh, I'm getting cheesy, aren't I? Yeah. I like it. But <laughs> I, I think that we all have those things. Maybe it was something bad that happened. And every time we begin to have success, we remember how bad someone else treated us. Even though we've we've moved past it, the other person probably doesn't even remember it. But we keep coming back to it. It's like Darth Vader making another appearance. Uh, when it comes to fitness, you know, we know we should do it. And we head down that route. We start using the the Lose It app. But my goodness, if, if if you've ever been to Portland, you know, you start to make an exception for Blue Star Donuts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's once your streak breaks, it's real easy to not keep it going. And I think what, one of the things that works is having your habits or your rules, like no matter what, I'm getting 10,000 steps in, it's going to happen. So even the days where the dark side tries to come back and say, don't, don't do it. You shouldn't bother to walk. What does one day matter? I still go for it. So I think that's one of the things that matters is you've got to have the habits in place, the routines in place. If you're not getting much done, start focusing on time management and how, how things are happening and schedule getting to the gym. And if you're having trouble with, with your weights, find a way to make it count, like lose it app or accountability with somebody. If you're goodness, if you're just having trouble at work, just, I don't know. I'm starting to talk things I don't know about now, Jared. <laughs> You've never had problems at work. Have you? That's why. <laughs> but I, I love your point. You're talking about accountability, whether it's through an app or whether it's through a, a close friend. And we know that community always helps us to reach goals and, and make better decisions because people are, are checking in on you. They care about you and they want you to win. So Jody, I think that's a great way to, to kind of wrap this one up. I really appreciate you having some fun with me today and, and going over some of these different topics. And Jody, I'd love to let you, uh, if you'd be willing, just to close out with some final thoughts. Well, I think the, the final thoughts, Jared, are that uh, both of us can just make anything up because World Elephant Day, and then we are able to talk about it. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, what I'm getting at is that almost anything you come across, there's going to be a lesson in there. And I try to highlight that in the my podcast, The Jody Mayberry Show. I will take very simple things sometimes and turn it into a lesson or look at it even deeper. And it's if you do that as an exercise, it's really interesting what can happen. For example, go to the hardware store. And when you're done, just think about it. What? How did it go? What could they have done better? How did they treat me? What would I do if I had been the employee? Just things like that. And somebody asked me the other day about getting the most out of things and how do you become more curious? And I told them, start taking notes in the form of questions instead of, like, if you're listening to this show, because I know, Jared, you've got a lot of people that listen to the show and take a lot of notes. So rather than just writing down, Jared said this, turn it into a question instead and practice the form of taking notes as questions instead of sentences. Wow. 
Jody, that was a lot better than what I had. I uh, really appreciate really appreciate everything. Best of wishes uh, with all of your podcasts that are going on. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I hope that you'll consider reaching out to Jody and myself. You can find Jody at Twitter at Jody Mayberry, and I'm at Jared Easily. Just send us a quick tweet and say, "Hey, I was listening," and uh, you know, maybe hashtag Elephant or something like that. And then also, yeah, if you haven't left a review for the show, we appreciate that. That increases the visibility of the podcast. Uh, So we'd love for you to consider leaving a review for a rating and review for Star of the Doubts. All right, Jody, I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jared. Start taking notes in the form of questions rather than just writing down, Jared said this, turn it into a question instead. and. Practice the form of taking notes as questions instead of sentences.